with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics. Hi and welcome to this latest episode of the Robots Podcast. Today we'll be talking about Ximo, an educational robot simulation game. Ximo is being developed by software company Xemory, which started out in 2014 with an NFS grant to develop interactive robotic software for STEM education. Since then, the company has been working hard to improve Ximo and hoping to bring it to the market in the not-too-distant future. The game itself allows players to manipulate the limbs of a humanoid robot. It's designed to let kids jump straight into solving complex problems faced by roboticists, as players are faced with the complicated task of making the simulated robot move naturally. Our interviewer Abate spoke to Jeff Sprenger, founder and CEO of Zemory Software, about Zemo, the idea behind the game, its journey so far, and how it could ultimately help kids to get involved with robotics. Hello, and welcome to the Robots Podcast. Could you please introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Jeff Sprenger. I'm the CEO of uh, Zemory Software, and um, I'm also the founder. And we're a, a small group, a, a company in um, Burlington, Vermont, creating a robot simulation game called Zemo. Great. Could you tell us a little bit more about the product you're developing? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Zemo really came about, it's um, about two or three years ago. Um, we're, we're creating a simulation of humanoid robots um, with biomechanics aimed at middle school and high school kids. Um, the development that we're doing is funded by the National Science Foundation. We have what's called an SBIR, which is a Small Business Innovation Research Grant, um, to develop educational applications. And um, the idea of the game is that you're, you're given this humanoid robot with uh, 20 degrees of freedom. And what you have to do is, is plan out the motions for the robot, create motions using a, a pattern generator, and um, then eventually as you progress through the game using um, a, an approach called evolutionary robotics, to control the motion of the robot. So you first start out with basic motions. You build up on those motions. For instance, uh, you start with standing. There's crouching. Um, there's crawling. Um, there's walking, jumping, skipping, running. All of these different actions. And then you chain these actions together uh, to compete in different challenges in what we call on the challenge floor. So there's different levels of challenges. And the idea is to compete on a team or by yourself against other schools or for the home market, you know, forming teams and competing with other teams. Great. Uh, what does Zemo seek to accomplish? I think, you know, we're, we're really trying to do two things. Um, first of all, our, our, our primary goal is to get kids excited really at the middle school age level. But we've also seen people who are like professional adults that like to play the game too. But to get kids at that level really excited about participating in robotics and, and to bring that price down. So by creating a, a, a virtual robotic environment, we offer the kids a challenge or, or an opportunity to do things that they can't do with physical robots. So we're introducing the kids to robots, giving them some, some very relevant challenges and 
not just teaching them about robotics, but teaching them about problem solving, starting small and then building up to solve a problem in a modular fashion. Could you describe some of the competitions that the students are participating in? Well, they, we're still in development right now. So uh, last year, um, we brought the software to schools in Vermont. And then again, in the spring, we're also going back in the fall. So right now, we're not at a point where they're competing. But the idea will be that they have formed teams. Uh, and then the competitions are of different types. There's um, fundamental competitions for creating new motions. In other words, let's say you create a walking robot. Right. Well, how fast does your robot walk? How stable is your robot? So we have sort of a distance competition. How far can your robot walk? We'll have a speed competition. And then there's turning and walking. So we have basic motions. And then the more complicated challenges involve sequencing those motions together. And that looks like an obstacle course. So this idea is that, you know, you're you're approaching your robot's approaching a doorway and the doorway's closed. There's a red light. The robot has a sensor, a color sensor, and when the light goes green, then you would transition the robot from saying you walk, you go to a stop position when you approach the door, and then when the light turns green, walk through the door. So the idea is how fast can you get your robot to go from the starting node to the terminal node, which is at sort of the other end of the challenge floor. And can you describe the uh, educational experience? So in what setting are the students using this uh, product? So we've seen a, a couple of different settings. One is um, using it in the classroom in what is known as design and technology courses. So at that middle school level, this is where they get introduced to different technologies like 3D printing and so on. So we've had kids using the, this in the classroom that are equipped with, say, um, iMacs or PCs. Um, We've also seen it used um, from schools in after-school programs. So um, there's a local school that has a program called Spark, and they have kids aged about 11 till 15 that come in after school, and we've done some work with these kids to introduce them to robotics and have them work with the game to try and create these different motions. And then finally, there's sort of the there's summer camp, uh, STEM camp um, scenario also where kids at a camp could use the, the game as, as part of their um, STEM camp experience. Are you seeking to mainly get stu students between age 11 to 15 to be really involved in the robotics scene? Well, that, you know, that's our, that's our primary, um, our primary goal right now. I, I'll tell you what we have observed. We've also gone into a, a numerous high schools, um, and one example is there's a local high school here. They have 1,500 students. There's 14 kids in the robotics program. And they're all busy. But if you look at that ratio, you realize that that's a very, very low level of exposure. So whether it's high school or whether it's middle school, we want to open it up to far more kids. What we have noticed is that uh, kids at a middle school level are, are much more open to a new experience. You know, they haven't decided whether they like science or math yet um, or whether they think robots are cool and interesting uh, or not. And um, so we, we're targeting that age group because we think that we'll have greater influence among that group than possibly at later levels. Although, you know, we have people in high school that have played this thing and then want to keep playing. And then we've had, um, you know, professional adults that are interested in tech and hobby robotics and, and they want to play. You know, and they want to keep playing. So it's it's very hard for us to say, oh, there's there's a there's just a, a a narrow age range. We think the age range is really wide, but we're focusing first as we roll out into the market on this middle school age group. And do you notice that the different age groups interact with the product differently, or are trying to get different things out of the product? Um, 
I think, well, one of the things that we have seen um, is that, you know, the kids in high school are, are going to be much more sophisticated. So when they're playing the game, they have um, more expectation that the game operate like, let's say, a triple A first person shooter type game. In other words, I, I'm, I'm controlling the robot, but really I want the robot to start running and doing parkour. Um, and the idea of the game is that it's not easy to get a robot to walk or to move. And you, you have to work through those problems first before you can get it to the point where, where it can move with agility. So we've seen sort of a different level of expectation. Uh, we're finding that the, the younger kids um, are, are, are more open to just the experience of trying to move the robot around. And it might be flipping the robot around on the floor or getting it to stand up and, and, and sort of working through the different steps. We've also seen what's really been interesting among middle school girls um, is that when they come to this game with the robotics, we, I won't say all of them, but a, a large number of them, the first thing they want to do is to try and teach the robot how to dance. And so instead of doing things like, you know, what we anticipated, which is sort of the, uh, okay, we're going to do this obstacle course. They're like, no, no, that's not what we want to do. We want to get them to do these dance moves and we're going to try to get that, you know, repeating pattern going for the particular dance move. So that that's a new thing for us too. And does feedback like this uh, guide the different types of uh, tasks or objectives that you give to the students uh, in your next iterations? Yeah, so we, are, we definitely they do. Like what what we've been looking to do with the with the dance part is um, make it very easy for people to to sequence motions together and and then have some of the motions um, repeat. So. The idea is that you might have some initial move in a dance and then you'll transition into something else where you're going to sort of loop something so many times and then you'll you'll um, you'll then um, progress to, a, you know, a different part of the dance. But this is very early on. But we, we've definitely seen that it's, it, it's influencing the way we think about the game and we're trying to make the game as open as possible so that it can move in multiple directions. Mm hmm. And why have you chosen to use uh, interactive graphics, uh, physics simulator as a learning tool for these students? Well, we, you know, we think with robotics, uh, you know, what we've seen with the traditional robotics. So let's take take something that uh, a wheeled robot that's um, going to follow a line, um, you know, a line follower, uh, or a, a robot that's going to come close to a wall and use a sonar sensor to back up and turn. Uh, we've seen a very long learning curve in terms of sometimes assembling the robot if it doesn't come pre-assembled and then, you know, getting the development kit going, programming, let's say it's in our, our, you know, an Arduino board, and then finally writing the software that can read the sensors and do all this. And what we wanted to do is we wanted to make it much more interactive. You know, we give you a robot, here are these clickable joints. You can start moving the robot within minutes. And you can create these uh, these motions or these these pattern motions and have those repeat. Um, you can introduce so said, the balance control, which will allow the robot to stand on one foot or the other, and then you can t try your hand at walking. So, we, you know, we felt you know the combination of of having the robot that you can interact with and a physics simulator, which will cause the robot to to fall over or you know at least um, obey the the basic laws of um, of physics. Um, this, this creates a very tight loop of, let me try something, I see what happens, let me try to improve it again, and then, you know, sort of the test and repeat cycle that goes on. And uh, 
that's why we chose the, you know, sort of the interactive graphics and the physical simulator. We have a visual that's that's very engaging. You can rotate the view around, and then you can also use a, you're using a physics simulator to give it some realism. Mm-hmm. And how long do people generally interact with Zemo? And uh, do they come back again and again for different uh, applications? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, we ran the, the test that we ran this spring with uh, about 150 kids, both middle school and high school. Um, they played for uh, between 45 and 90 minutes. Um, at the end of the, the period, we found that um, quite a few of the kids didn't want to come off. They wanted access to the product at home and they wanted to keep trying to create these, these different motions, but it's still very early on. So looking at that repeat play, like how often do you come back to try different levels? That's something that we're going to be measuring over the next year. Mm -hmm. And could the students sort of, could the students take this platform and develop their own sort of games or their own uh, ideas from it? Yeah. So what we're building in to the, the platform or our, two things to expand it. One is a level builder where you can bring in uh, different obstacles, set the start and the terminal node. So you basically design your own level and then you can share that level and then people can and vote on. They'll, they'll play the level and they'll tell you, you know, how interesting they, they thought that level was. So all the tools that we're using to build a level, we're going to provide that, um, you know, to the players. The other thing that we're doing too is um, we have a, a scripting engine integrated with um, – with a platform that goes through what we call the Zemo APIs. So you can have direct control over the robot's actuators and its sensors. So you're basically writing um, a piece of code that runs in the simulator loop. So these are different ways that, that you can sort of control and, and make the game uh, more of your own. Mm -hmm. And do you foresee any alternative applications or markets for this product? Uh, yeah, we do. There's a, there's a couple of directions. Um, one is you know, sort of the obvious one is using this sort of simulator and interactive graphics approach to create motions for physical robots. Um, you know, some of the, the hobby robots that are, are sold today, the humanoid form um, or hexapod form, it can be um, quadruped, quadruped robots. Uh, the other thing that we're doing too, which is it's, it's not as obvious, it's more subtle, is that if we have a large enough community of kids working with the, 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 the sort of the pattern editor tools and the evolutionary algorithms and the neural networks, a large enough number who are sharing their, um, their motions and, and their, their problem, you know, the solutions they provide, this is already creating sort of a, a meta evolution environment. And, and we think there may be a market for the, the style of collaboration and competition that, that we bring to bear um, you know, with the Zemo, what we call the Zemo Collective. So this idea that if you have 100,000 people that are playing your game and they're constantly trying to improve on others, other designs, so rather than just getting better at beating some static game level, they're constantly competing against each other. They're producing new game levels. How far can that take not only the game, but the idea of, of how you program robots and how you get them to move? So... That, that may be a longer-term application of what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And do you have any, uh, is there any aspect of uh, open source to this uh, software? No, the, 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 the software is not open source. It can be extended through um, scripting and then, there's, then the sharing of the game levels. But we're, we're creating a, a commercial 
product with a fairly modest price um, that will be available in early access on Steam in uh, November. And um, we don't have any pro- we don't have any plans at this time. It's a, a game written in Unity, and as such, it uses different assets um, from the Unity Asset Store. So we can't really take that whole thing and make it open source even if we wanted to, because it's using third-party libraries and, and components that we don't control um, the distribution of. Mm-hmm. And uh, what price range is this product in? Well, we're looking at um, putting it on Steam for uh, $20. It'll be discounted during the early access period. Um, the pricing for schools hasn't been set yet, but that's typically done at the classroom level with something like 10 or 20 seats, but it would be discounted from the, the $20 price tag. Um we're going to learn more about what the market will accept for a price over the next year, you know, as we roll it out and we'll adjust accordingly. All right. And uh, you mentioned that this, uh, this product has applications with transferring over to physical robotics. Um, how well does the physics engine trans- translate over to the, to the real world? So that, you know, that we're using the NVIDIA physics engine, which is a gaming physics engine, right? So there are definitely going to be shortcuts. They only have a certain amount of time in real time to, to execute the simulation um, so that they don't fall behind real time. Um, we haven't yet tested what we call crossing the reality gap. Um, some of the challenges there are, are not just the physics simulation, but actually uh, simulating the sensors and, and the noise within the sensors, um, you know, in a, in a virtual environment, all of your actuators work the same way, you know, whether they're on the left side or on the right side. In the real world, they don't work the same way. So that that really remains to be seen. Um, we are talking with a couple of companies right now um, that are interested, you know, in, in taking our approach to control their robots. Um, we'll, we'll see where that goes. It's a possible um, future, you know, for the product, but hard to tell right now. All right. And is this uh, this is generally for humanoid robots? Well, it's for legged robots. So we, we, there's a humanoid robot right now. That's Zemo. There's another uh, robot in the works, uh, a dog um, that's coming. That will um, come this fall. So a quadruped robot. Uh, we've done hexapod robots in the past. I'm not sure that we're going to do it um, this time. But there's a there's also the opportunity to expand in, in different size robots that are, are bipedal or quadrupedal. So that, that's something that we're looking at to create an, um, a diverse line of robots that uh, people can play with. Mm-hmm. Uh, what lessons have you learned while developing this product? Huh. <laughs> uh, everything takes longer than you think. Um, I, I think it's it's been very challenging to to create an interface to a robot that's intuitive for people to control and also keep them engaged. So the predecessor of Zemo, we, we had an early version a year ago where the, the primary focus was the evolutionary robotic side. You were going to evolve a robot, uh, let's say to walk. So there's a particular fitness function, like how far do you get from the point of origin without colliding with the ground other than your feet? Uh, and then run that through this evolutionary process. There's like a genetic code that represents the neural network that's evolved. So kids were doing this, but they weren't, I don't think they really understood what was going on. And that's a shortcoming on our part, but more importantly than that, um, you know, it, it was taking five or 10 or 15 minutes, or it could take an hour to evolve a decent walk. And we found that's far too long. You know, they, they, we're losing engagement. They want to control the robot. 
this is a game and they want to be involved at all points. So, so we're trying to work the evolution back in as sort of a, a background task that you can use to improve the, the motions that you've created. So that, that's probably the, our biggest lesson is um, it might be really cool for us and we might be willing to wait hours or days, but um, in general, a student wants something that's happening, you know, on the order of, you know, seconds or uh, maybe 10 second wait, but not much longer than that. Mm-hmm. And how soon can people use this product? Okay, so right now we, we have it available for download. It's it's sort of on, a, on an expired uh, time date. We, we typically update it once a month around the 15th of the month. I think we just did it yesterday. And uh, it's good for 30 days, and then we update it again. Once we launch this on Steam as we get close, we won't be um, – we won't be uh, distributing it on our own website. Then it'll go through Steam for sort of the home version, and uh, the schools can get it directly from us. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jeff. That was great. Yeah, my pleasure. And that's all from us for today. You can download an alpha version of Zemo from www.zemo.io. And for more information on this and all our past episodes, just visit robohop.org. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Until then, goodbye. Zemo with Robots, the podcast for news and views on robotics.